On today's show, we're going to talk about the latest on NBA RSNs and look ahead to the Cavs West Coast Road Trip. It's a business and basketball edition of Locked On Cavs. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with a $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com backslash locked on to get started. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Damerell. We, as always, have Jake Stevens on the back end of production. Today's show is going to start by talking about the latest on NBA regional sports networks. That includes... Bally Sports, Ohio. Um, and we're going to talk about the Cavs' West Coast road trip. They have an interesting slate coming up here. They'll play in Oklahoma City on Wednesday. They'll play the Kings, the Warriors, and then Portland. And they also then they come back and get the Pistons in an in-season tournament game. So a busy stretch for the Cavs once they, when they go on this little trip and then when they come back. A pretty winnable stretch for at least two of these games should be easy dubs, dare I say. But Evan, regional sport next work. Let's start there. Uh, the NBA and Diamond Sports Group have a deal that came out uh, via bankruptcy court filings, as these are wont to do right now, where the NBA games will be on Bally Sports regional sport networks uh, for the rest of the season. That seems like it will expire at the end of the season, mm-hmm. no matter how long they're supposed to last. The teams affected include the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Dallas Mavericks, the Pistons, the Wolves. There's a bunch of teams, mostly all small market teams, fans like the Miami Heat. When I look at this, Evan, and I think about what could come, I get get potentially excited for people to maybe, just maybe, have a world where they could perhaps get a easier way to watch their favorite basketball team. That feels like a very doable thing here if if Bally and whatnot just kind of goes away at the end of the year. So we kind of talked about this when I vented about my one frustrations when it comes to RSNs or streaming services in general that there is way, way too many on the market. And I still feel that way. Like I feel like people are going to revert back to piracy and the NBA and NFL, especially like really want to avoid people pirating or watching their games via illegal streams. But to your point, like Bally sports, there has always been quite a bit of speculation on how long they would last, especially because the bankruptcy stuff kind of came out like pretty soon after it was announced that like Bally sports would be the carrier replacing Fox sports for a lot of um, teams and everything. Um, And to your point, like I know I have my quarrels with streaming services and it depends on what the price package is and everything in between, but this is a very clean gateway for the Cavs to offer fans an alternative who either cut the cable or in college or just don't want to pay for a cable package to begin with or like Fubo or whatever the next streaming cable service, quote unquote, will have uh, the the stranglehold of, of the sports market. So yeah, this is an opportunity for them to do that. And I think it's always just kind of been the logical path for all of these teams to go. The Suns are the latest to do it. And the Clippers have been doing it for a little while now. And it just makes 
too much sense for teams to do on this because then you control 100% of the profits and revenues and like advertising deals and things like that too. Like there's a lot of opportunities you can nestle in here, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it makes sense like just to create like a dedicated streaming application or service. And I know the Cavs like already have an app to begin with. Like they build that within the application itself or something like it makes a lot of sense. And then you just kind of expand from there and maybe like you add in tie-ins like the chase down is like a featured feature of it or like the wine and gold radio with like rafa and shoji and those guys are included on it. like there's a lot of opportunities to grow this and kind of maybe tie together like a lot of the stuff the Cavs have been doing in like the digital space in the last few years and then just really put a, the bow on this whole entire package because the team is now part of it yeah look i i want to just say this should hopefully be just goes up being said but like you you would want in this world really people who do really good work at bally John Michael, Serena Winners, Austin Carr, like all the back end people whose names you don't know, like you would hope that in a new structure, those people just can get moved over to, to something else. That would be like part of my my hope with this. I think the mm-hmm. the part of this is Robbie Callen, I think, wrote really well about this over at, at Uprocks. There is a world where even if you have, you know, the, there are bigger teams the Lakers and the Knicks, I think most of the way make so much off their local rights in these smaller markets do not. Well, my, my counterpoint to the Knicks is they literally are on the MSG network. So like they already pretty much have their own TV network. They can just yeah. they can go streaming with it. And I think they already have like yeah. the Yankees are together in that package. Sure. I, th- but I think that when I look at this, I think the way this could go is you, something that's more like what MLS is doing with Apple. Like they have a, you pay a flat fee once a year and you get access to every single game and there are blackouts like let's just i, I want to see something like that something you can just go to nba.com or through your streaming service provider you know like i use fubo people use direct tv stream or people use youtube tv or people use hulu with live tv say we use spectrum sometimes at our house but again blackouts we're at the mercy of so. right so let, like let's just blow past that Let's get a world where you can go to one of these companies or the league itself or the team itself if you want to just buy like if you're just, hey, I don't care about every team. I just want to pay what X amount of dollars for the cash for the whole year. Great. Let's do that. Let's just do that. And then if it's if it's an NBA driven product, let's also just like make the the, the service, the streaming service good. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm a I'm a people that listen to the show regularly know this. I'm a very soccer is like my my diehard fandom sport. That is like my cut my brain off. You're, yeah, you're dumb. Yeah. You're dumb dumb sport. Yeah, like that's you my a dumb. dumb sport. You become a dumb fan for the entire yeah. match. Yeah, like if you catch me at Old Angle watching Tottenham Hotspur games, um, I will if you I will a buy you a Guinness if you say hello to me, and two, Guinness is delicious. Black coffee on a Saturday morning. Oh baby, that's freaking ride. But if I you like stouts. I, too, I don't like stouts. I like Guinness. I just like Guinness. I just like Guinness. I don't like stouts. I just like a Guinness. Can't explain it. Am I mentally ill? Yes. But the whole other question. The, this, the streaming service options you have for soccer, like, there's a ton of Premier League games on Peacock. It just works. MLS on Apple. I don't know how successful it's been for the league or, like, what the numbers are. I know some of the early returns were not great. But like it just works. The UX works. Like it is an easy use. You use NBA League Pass, and it's a garbage. It's a garbage product. It's garbage. I, I was watching. It's I was watching such a bad service. Yeah, I was watching games Friday um, in my apartment with friend of the program, Danny Cunningham, and we kept having to quit the app to restart watching a game. It's a useless product. Just give me something that works. I will gladly pay for it. It's not. It's 
like just give me something that works. Give me something that gives me access to teams. Give me something that gives people something that they just want. This this feels like a very the, the best opportunity the NBA is ever going to have, Evan, to actually just make something that works for for the people that want to watch the games. Yeah, I agree. And like to be fair, uh, looking at like European soccer on an international stage completely dwarfs the NBA in terms of overall demand, like worldwide, but. There is a multi-billion dollar product that the NBA has here, and there's a clear demand for all their teams, 1 through 30. And if the Cavs or the NBA itself were to, uh, whether the NBA beefs up League Pass finally, even though people have been complaining about it for like the last half decade at this point, or it's just the Cavaliers offering them like an individual level, like there is an opportunity here for the Cavs or just the NBA in general just to kind of cut out the middleman with these RSN services and just provide the product itself because again like the reason why netflix hulu prime video like some of the more early emergences of streaming apps came out was to counterbalance piracy because people are willing to pay five ten dollars a month or let's just say a hundred dollars a year for a service i'm sure the prices would be different now but people were more than comfortable if they could afford it pay for that versus like having everybody pirate it because they either are blacked out or paying for a service that doesn't work like Bally's or they just, you know, aren't getting what they want with um, League Pass. So like there, there's an opportunity here and I'm very curious to see how the league or even the Cavs explore it. Very excited. I mean, like this is this is one of those things we're just going to like find out. Like I, you know, like asking JB Bickers about this will be it's, pointless. It's, it's like, yeah, JB is not the guy you want to talk to about this or like a player like they show up in hoop but yeah it's just you know it's we we will find out very soon this was essentially like i don't a, know if, a year-long life extension where bally's is already circling the chain because like you said this came out of a bankruptcy filing so like they filed for chapter 11 there's not much left here guys like they, they can drag this out for the remainder of the season maybe as a matter of convenience but they're not gonna like keep this going forever like the i like either it's going to be a different rsn name it's not gonna be like it's not maybe it's fox sports again or whatever who knows but or like it's fubo sports like fubo just dominates the market completely because they do have a sports book kind of um that they could just work with that so i don't know like i'm just very curious to see what comes out of this because there's only the, the, the clock is ticking and it gives them a life extension to get through the NBA season and the NHL season, and then they can kind of reapproach the topic on, all right, where do we go from here? And I wouldn't be surprised if the Cavs aren't like maybe planning some type of contingency plan on the back end, or as any of these teams that are impacted are by it are not planning a con- contingency plan on the back end. Yeah. I think the the clock is now, I think where it is the next we're going to work. This has to probably get figured out in a real world by like the end of this season. So you can actually, make sure it works we'll see i'm very curious to hear where this goes a lot more oh, yeah. to be done in the story this will not be the last time we talk about this but coming up next let's talk about some basketball west coast road trip coming up we're going to start by looking at which game on this road trip we're most excited to watch that's coming up right after this today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of locked on right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. And remember, FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. That is $150 if your team wins. 
So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Their app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And if you're into the NBA, they have in-season tournament odds, game-by-game odds, award odds, everything you could want from NBA betting you can find on FanDuel. So right now, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season and everything else going on over at FanDuel. That's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And remember, new customers get a $150, get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. All right, we are back. Let's talk about the game we're most excited to see, Evan, of the Cavs road games on this trip. It is at Oklahoma City on Wednesday. It is at Golden State on Sunday, or Saturday, excuse me, at Sacramento on Monday, and then at Portland next Wednesday, the 15th. Which of those four games on this little West Coast swing are you most intrigued by? Well, I will only be watching two of the four uh, prior commitments. Um, well, yeah, you're getting married. So, like, yeah. but the Warriors game's nil, and I will be in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, recharging my brain for that Monday game. But if watching the replay after the fact, if De'Aaron Fox is back, I'm most excited for the Kings game, but it's probably the Thunder game, just just to be completely transparent. Like, Chad Holmgren almost had a triple double with block or blocks, rebounds, and points. Um, I'm curious to see how the Cavs kind of defend him. And it's interesting to see like the Cavs kind of get these mini pseudo series with these West Coast or Western Conference teams because like they played Oklahoma City to open the season. They just played Golden State at home before they hit the road. Like there are little footnotes here where the Cavs can like maybe change and adapt to figure out what did or didn't work against these teams and maybe try something different. Plus also just against the Thunder, like no discredit to the Warriors, but the Cavs are semi fully healthy. They don't have Isaac Okoro in that matchup, but it should be a fun one just because like I think the Thunder are just such a fascinating team with how big they are and they are kind of a foil to how the Cavs play um, on the perimeter and I, I want to see what does JB do to maybe change things up because they only lost by three points at home to Oklahoma City like what what do the Cavs do to maybe get quote unquote revenge on the Thunder and I'm, I'm interested to see like the chess that goes behind that. I think that's a great pick. I think the first game that we saw between these two teams really stood out. I, I think that first game, you can look at it and say, okay, we saw some things, and then the Cavs are healthier this time around. What does round two look like with added bodies into there? I think that would be like a very easy answer to pick. And I think that if it weren't for the Warriors game... Very fair pick. I think I would go that. De'Aaron Fox being back, I think, would certainly pick that one. He is going to miss Wednesday's game um, against Portland. The Kings have been utterly awful with him not playing. Um, you can go look at their on and off numbers. You can look at any metric possible. They've been horrendous. They just had an incredibly embarrassing loss against the Rockets with without Fox. Fox is back. That was a game last year that, in retrospect, I feel like I put more weight into just because we, when the Cavs lost out there last year and Fox had a really great finish to that game, we didn't know. And then go back later and it's like, oh, right, that team's awesome. He was the culture player of the year, all that stuff. The Warriors, it's just, A, it's just, it's the Warriors. That team is awesome. They're at home. But they they saw each other closer and the Cavs were at full strength that game. And the Warriors mm-hmm. were as well. But, you know, do we see more Kevon Looney in that game? Do we see, you know, does does Clay get going to the point? Do, does 
Curry go off even more? Like, and you know, if Okora was back, what does that mean for Cleveland's rotation? Just how do things look differently if he's back out there? And so, does it does that? Is there any difference you notice just of how things work with him or or not work? So, I I think it's the Warriors one for me, but I think the Thunder is one B, and I the Kings would be like right there as well. That's the, the the clear answer that this not is is just the Blazers game because that game well, that team that no that team stinks and the other that, three teams the, the, the team does they they do stink but I as someone who enjoys Scoot Henderson's game and um Shaden Sharp's game like they have some fun young dudes yeah. and I like to watch them play and I'll be frank I'm not staying up to watch the Portland Trail Blazers every night but if they're watching the team or playing the team I cover. Yeah, I'll tune in. Like that's that's fun for me. Just like from the yeah, I agree. Like they're the lowest on the list, but at least I'll find some enjoyment from the sickoness that is the Cavs playing the Portland Trailblazers at 10 p.m. on a Wednesday night. So yeah, well we'll check it out and see how it goes. But like I agree with the ranking. Like the Warriors made a compelling argument. Like Andrew Wiggins had a bad game against Cleveland. Like mm-hmm. does he bounce back? Clay Thompson is still like I'm figuring out what he is as a player. Um, Darius Garland like wrote it out perfectly like the, the Warriors play small and the Cavs kind of like applied a ton of pressure to them in that first game like does Golden State kind of counter react to that a little bit and maybe not play bigger but like have a pretty clear understanding that like, there's going to be pressure at the rim and they kind of defend the paint a little bit more than the perimeter and like Cavs get hot from three like there's a lot of fun ways to look at like the Thunder game and the Warriors game because it is a home and home series that are not too far apart so like there's a little bit of freshness and relevancy between these. Whereas like in a normal NBA schedule of years past, like they would play golden state to open the season or like on a Christmas, if LeBron was here and then mm-hmm. they would head out to golden state or they golden state would come to Cleveland, like towards the end of the year, like when everyone's either resting or like, it's just like a random game. Everyone has to get up for. So I, I think it's fun that the, stru- the schedule is kind of structured this way. Cause there is like the chess component of this that you can really digest when you watch the, either of these matchups. Yeah, and look, I, I, I'm I'm a scoot guy. Um, just you watch that team play; they don't. They've had some injuries. If you, have you, Evan? Do you do you know off? I, the, I just look the at general it. manager of the cat. Although the almost general manager of the Cleveland Cavaliers is coaching that. Uh, don't undersell him. It was almost president of basketball operations, Chauncey. Oh, my my apologies, Chauncey. Yeah. What a what a time that was. What a what a what a what a what a what a really bleak. On it, like say what you want about. Uh, if you want to have critiques of Kobe Altman, I think that's fine. Yeah, like zero percent question they're worse there's, off. There's Chauncey another running the organization. There's another timeline where Kobe Altman is running the show. It's Chauncey Billups, and things could be quite different. Uh, it could be like Isaiah Thomas running the Knicks a few years or something like that. Like it could be <sighs> ugly. Uh, Scoot Henderson this year, love him. Uh, he's shooting nine point Awful. under one percent from three. Yeah, he's he's. Not playing great, but he's just a physical freak that plays point guard. And if you are a regular listener of the show, he's also tall and lanky. Those check all my boxes for players I like to watch. And this draft class is loaded and scoots a part reason why this draft class is and, loaded. And yet you're a maxi over Halliburton guy. Uh, You were on that one show. I was. I do like maxi more than Halliburton, especially because like, I feel vilified now that he's and killing it for the Sixers, but like I don't know. I just I just wanted to get a reaction. That's all I was going for. I, I think Kentucky dudes are just John Calipari uh doesn't do a great job hyping up his players. So you either really look at the intangibles of them. So really good uh piece in the athletic this week about what's up with John Calipari as a coach that you I would recommend reading. All right, coming up next, 
basketball-wise, what to watch for on this road trip. Okay, Evan, on the court for me. I think my my base answer would be let's just pick Darius Garland and his aggression. So I think I'm going to do that. I have I have another one that I've thought about, and I've had I have another one that is kind of on my mind coming off of the Warriors game in particular. And I'll if you pick it, I'll I'll say so. But for me, the the Garland aggression, and I I just cannot get the image of him looking at Tristan Thompson when Thompson gets the rebound and clapping his hands and demanding the ball, right? I cannot get that out of my head. I cannot get that just out of what it means if he's going to play that way. It's a really big deal. So for me, that's it. I want to see if that Garland's back. He looks healthy. He looked much better in game two back versus game one. You know, I, I want to see just what this looks like as the road trip builds, as they can actually build some sustainability or as they can build just more off of what we've seen so far. So for me, it, it's how fast do they play? How, how up tempo is the offense? And specifically, how does Garland kind of be, how does Garland be the one leading that? Yeah, I, I agree with that take over like the entire scope of this road trip that the Cavs are going on. Um, Looking through the lens of just like Oklahoma City or even Golden State or Sacramento as well, just because Sabonis is still out there, even though the Kings are objectively awful without Fox out there as well. Um, Just curious to see how the Cavs kind of defend some of these interesting matchups, whether it's Chet, who really did bully them in that last game, like a very quiet game. Like SGA is always a threat to go off. And um, then you look at the Warriors game. Like there's Steph, there's Chris Paul, who didn't have a great game. Andrew Wiggins, who didn't have a great game. But like Clay Thompson still gave you good numbers. Like the, the Warriors, the, the Cavs kept Golden State in arm's length away. Um, but that was at home. Like, are they able to replicate that because they maybe have something that the Warriors don't or just an ability to kind of keep the Warriors arm's length away um, that they could explore as well? And then like you look at the Kings game, like Sabonis is. Kind of the player you hope Evan Mobley becomes in terms of like playmaking and passing, and just like also, like, I don't want to discredit Dominic Sabonis either. Like, he's a very unique player and like deservedly so, like, deserves his own praise. But like, how do the Cavs kind of defend that? Because he's it, everything's going to be heliocentric around him when the Cavs play Sacramento. Like, that's what I'm looking at over the grand stretch of this. But the Garland thing is interesting just because is he on a minutes restriction much longer? Like, he did look very good against the um, Warriors, do the Cavs still kind of want to ease him back in because hamstrings are so tricky? Or if everything just kind of clears and checks and he's still feeling right after like game game one of this trip, like, okay, Darius, we're just going to like let you just run as long as you want and as fast and hard as you want and play as hard as you want. And they just kind of let him play himself back into shape. And ditto for Jared Allen. He shared with me um, at practice before they hit the road that like he was sucking wind against the Pacers in his first game back and then against the Warriors he eventually found his win but he's still playing himself back into shape too like how does he look as this trip evolves um to uh just kind of we get a clearer vision of what this team is on either end of the floor because I do think they have the ability to be like top five in both offense and defense but are the is this trip kind of like the early foundations of it as like the, the Cavs ease two pretty core components into what they're doing back into the rotation. I, I think the other part of this goes hand in hand is just defensively. How do those is just kind of with what you're saying with Allen. Allen is a big and Mobley is a big. We're so incredible against Golden State and set. I think as much as we talked about Garland and I have like leaped onto that in terms of the offense, 
that was maybe just as big of a story. So if that continues, here we go. Like that, yeah. if things can really get kind of rolling here. No, they absolutely absolutely can. Um, yeah, I'm just interested to see like how they get things rolling, and also figuring out the dichotomy dichotomy between him and Mitchell. Like the Cavs have leaned on Donovan pretty heavily uh, to like deliver them scoring in buckets and bunches when they needed it most. But like we talked about it after the Warriors game, like Darius Garland was the most impactful player for Cleveland on the floor, even though he was not efficient and he uh, like wasn't really like at a hundred percent out there, but like he was the most impactful player just from playing fast and hard the whole time. And like kind of put the pressure on golden state and made things easier. And like, I'm, I'm curious to see what the evolution in next phase. And then we talked about this heading into the season, what the evolution in next phase is for this duo. And they do have a year under their belt now, but like maybe we start seeing like the early visions of it. Like, is it not like your turn, my turn type of basketball, which I don't think they play, but more so like, how do they find that even blend where they're both satisfied with what they're getting on the court every night? And maybe just like when Garland's a little healthier, like does he kind of take the reins as like the, the, the alpha to uh, Donovan Mitchell's alpha personality as well? And we get a nice Chicago Bulls situation on our hands, but not as toxic. Yeah. No three alphas would be, would be good. I'd, I'd laugh. If if the if anyone ever utters the words three alphas again, I'm in like that team needs to like immediately trade all of those players. Uh, so. Well, you better check their YouTube history to make sure they're not watching Andrew Tate stuff. So let's <laughs> in there. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Darrell. Back at you on. I'll be back Wednesday recapping the game. Evan's gonna go take a little break as he's getting married. I will be with you the rest of the week. Um, and, and early next time, I'm going to two popping in as well to talk all things Cleveland Cavaliers. Jake Stevens, as always, will be in production. Thanks again to FanDuel. Everyone enjoy Wednesday's game. We'll talk to you. I'll talk to you after.